Hey guys, welcome back to The Encounter, just like Jenny said. Um, today we're going to speak about uh, blood versus faith, and um, this is such such an important uh, subject that we have today, because, you know, most of us uh, understand Christ, and most of us uh, kind of, like, feel God calling us to our lives, but what happens when your family isn't uh, part of church, or isn't, uh, you know, wanting to come to church, or doesn't want to take you, or what about, you know, the original... Uh, you know, are the favorite um, the favorite things that they want to do is they want to have you know parties and birthdays on Sundays, and Sundays are uh, usually for God. Those are the ones that we give God. Um, <clears throat> how do you say? How do you say that? Like, um, uh, we give those days to God so we can come to church. And in my church, we usually hear all day. So, um, so we we wanted to talk about this and wanted to give you the best advice possible through the Bible and through what we know and what I've lived in my life and what we all lived in our life. And um, yeah, so I hope you guys we all enjoy and we can all get to it. Uh, I was gonna ask, I was gonna tell you guys the first thing that uh, that I can see uh, through this problem and through the through the thing that I that we were we were trying to reach and we're trying to um, speak today about is that uh, well, what happens. What happens? How how do we explain? How do we um? How do we how do we explain to our parents? How do we explain to our households that we want to go to church more than 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 to um? How do we say that, Dora? Like how do how do I, how do, how can I get a uh, how can we explain to our household? How can I explain to our mom, dad? That we have new priorities, that, maybe? Yeah, exactly. That we have new priorities and we want to go to church more than we want to be home, right? So that's a that's a that's a big hurdle to do. Um, and I think the best the best uh, the best thing that I can tell you guys is is the way you live and the way you 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 can actually um, show them that you mean what you say is by living a life of righteousness you see what i'm saying you get yes um sometimes as, as young people we try to live both lives we try to live the life of god and then on the weekdays we try to go back to you know to the world then we go back to our boyfriends and we all go back to the 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 girlfriends that we had and the bad things and the bad habits and the bad words and the bad music and what i'm trying to tell you is that if your dad and your mom sees a change in you it's a lot easier to say, okay, this guy needs church. This guy, church is doing good for them. This girl, church is blessed. Um, and that's why most of the parents actually come and tell me. They're like, I see a change in my son. I see a change in my daughter. Keep her. Keep him. I really don't want to keep you guys, but I do keep you guys. You know what I mean? So so, so the, the, the change, the change, the you speaking through actions instead of just words. And I was going to say, Danny, this is like one of the questions that the people were asking. It's like, how do we set these boundaries and like mutual respect towards each other? And I think that respect is a two way street, you know, as long as you continue, like you can't force anyone into the gospel. The gospel forced, it, it's no fun. It's not nice. The, the gospel, the gospel has to be something that you experience on your own and you fall in love on your own and you feel awesome. Right. So don't try to push anyone into the gospel. Of course, you talk about the gospel and you expose it, but you don't force it. Right. And that's why I was saying that respect is a two-way street because just like they, you are asking them to respect your beliefs, you have to respect them. That doesn't always mean that you agree with them, but you don't go ahead and like talk smack about them. Does, does that make sense? Right. So yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that as believers we have to be examples to these unbelievers and how we 
behave differently than the world tells us to, that when they speak badly about us, we do what Jesus would do. We receive them instead of with hate, we receive them with love. Yeah, and you know what? In Matthew 7, 20, it says, you will know these false people by what they do. In other words, it says that you will know who is true by their fruit. And when it says fruit, it's not that you're going to start growing an apple on your side, but it, what it means is that you're going to start growing in new habits. You're going to start, start start doing good things and stop doing bad things. Just like you said, right? The Everybody, like everybody in this world, whoever talks bad about you, you want to talk bad about them. But this fruit, this fruit that Matthew was talking here in Matthew 7, 20, he says, when people talk bad about you, their fruit is quiet and love back. And that's the hardest, I think in my, in my, in my sense, it's the hardest part of, of, of the, of, um, of this side, this side that I wanted to talk about. And I thought it was beautiful what Deborah was saying about being like, um, understanding of how they must be feeling, um. I think when it comes to like with whenever I'm with my cousins and stuff, I I tell myself like I should be more gentle and understanding instead of being more confrontational to them about um, why I don't hang out with them a lot. Um, and also I've learned that telling them experiences about being close to God it also helps them like want to know more and be more curious about the gospel. So, yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say that. Jenny, like, uh, what made you fall in love with Christ? His love, right? That even when you were so bad, he said, I choose you anyway, right? And if we show that same love, then it's more likely, what do they say? It's more likely that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And I think that's something really, really important. And even the Bible says this to us. In Colossians 4, 5, and 6, it says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And I thought that was so beautiful, right? Because Jesus is calling us. And I see it in Jesus. Like Jesus, um, to those who were unbelievers, he was always gentle with them. But those who were already believers and acted wrong, he was a little more firm, a little more strict. Like, hey, you know the way and you're not doing it. So, yeah, I think it's something we should take into consideration. Um, you know, we as Christians need to need to be that light in the darkness, you know? Um, in a way where, like, yeah, we uh, to our non-Christian family members, we need to make them, how do you say, uncomfortable, but not by how you guys are saying, like by saying stuff to them. But it, our presence should make them, how do you say, like tremble, you know? Like right. when Jesus would walk in a certain place, you know, there would be people that would be like, oh, you know, this guy has something that it's like, you know, why, why, why do I feel weird? You know, and it's like if we can't have that same, if we can't have that impact, then, you know, it's like, how can I put this in words? It's like, um, it's like they're in darkness. And if we're like semi light, we won't have an effect on them. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, my non-Christian family members want to throw a party, but it's like if if you know you're you're not gonna how do you say help them why are you gonna set yourself up to failure you know yeah i was gonna say something that i, I love that you said like we're semi-light and that's the the bible says that right <laughs> either be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm i will spit you out of my mouth so there's no such thing you know like if you're lukewarm it's like you're being nothing at all right which yeah is, which is which is really nice 
And and you guys, you know what's what's the craziest thing that you said? Um, that um, if we if we look at the Bible and we see Jesus's life, he also had a had a family. You know what I mean? And he also um, he he also uh, was going through a lot of stuff as one his family. You know, and in um in Mark three twenty one, it says that when his family heard it, so when he was preaching in his own town, he heard his family heard it, and it says that they went out and seize him. If you guys don't know what season is, it's like, oh, shh, 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 kayate, kayate. No, no, be quiet, be quiet. And they were saying, don't worry, don't worry. He's just crazy. He's out of his mind. So this is, what, what, Danny, what, what are you trying to say with this? It's because sometimes our beliefs are what, what we believe, what we have our priorities now, sound almost crazy. So if Jesus came out and he was speaking the word and his family themselves betrayed him, how do we, why do we get sad when our family betrays us? We should almost feel like expect expect it. Jesus didn't stop calling them their family. Jesus didn't say, "Oh, you're you're no longer mine." But he said, he said he did, and he said what you said. He was the light. Therefore, the light makes you uncomfortable. Have you ever tried uh, to sleep in the light? You yeah. can't. It's hard. Right? It's it's, it's it kind of leaves you awake unless you're like super super sleepy. Right, 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 right. Unless it's a nap, but sooner or later you're bound to get up. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. The light makes the darkness uncomfortable, and that's why your family members don't want to be with you. Cause like, oh my god, here I'm going with Danny. Danny never wants to go out to drink. Danny never wants to talk bad words. Danny never wants anything. He's just such a square. Yeah, they're like, uncomfortable. Yeah, they don't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> right, and it's like. <laughs> Like I said, you know, you set yourself up to failure. You know, the Bible says in uh, Psalms 1-1, it says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. 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 Scoffers, right? Yeah. Meaning what? You know, if you know your family members, you know, say bad words. You know, say stuff that's, you know, vulgar. And, you know, that kind of... That's kind of like a stick poking at you. It's like, why even, you know, yeah, why why even, you know, if there's more, if there's more darkness than light, you know, obviously you're going to get sucked into all that. Right. You know, and it says here, um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. Meaning what? God is happy with us when we choose to you know obey obey his commands yeah god wants us to have a family yeah you know it kind of sucks you know not like y your family members aren't christian yeah i understand i my family members aren't christian they know about god but it's like what can we do you know all we can do is just pray yeah, and right. hope that the holy spirit you know changes them right i think genesis wanted to say something right yeah it was like kind of off the line that that you were talking about the story about how um, Jesus was betrayed by his own family, and in in the version where in Mark in Matthew actually thirteen thirteen fifty three through fifty seven, there's a part where it says we've known him since he was a kid. He's the carpenter's son, and that part kind of like stood out to me because they they didn't see. Um, Jesus like purpose they still saw him as like the carpenter's son and sometimes um that can show show in our lives like we're so frustrated because because our family sees us as a different way and they don't see like you know we're trying to follow Jesus right and, like we want to change their hearts but at the end of the day like the only person that can change their hearts is God 
all you can do is set an example to them. And if you guys finish that story, he leaves the, his hometown without doing any miracles in his hometown. Because he God did not I don't I don't know how to say this, but maybe you guys can understand the way I'm trying to say it. God didn't God didn't call you for you to force a change in your in your family. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What he called you is to be the change in your family. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. He's not he's not telling you, Oh, you guys better change or I'm gonna leave my house and I'm not no no no. He just told you, Hey, you be the change you want to see in the family. So if you guys don't like people, you know, making fun of other people, then you don't make fun of people. If you don't want to see people, you know, you don't see drinking around you, then you don't drink. You make sure you be that change. Yeah, treat, right? treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Exactly. I was going to say, Danny, that I think there's a really fine line. Um, it's one of the other questions, you know, like why do we have to, how do we explain that sometimes we choose church over parties and gatherings that we plan? And it's, it's important to know that there's also like a fine line between I'm kind to you and I do things with you that make me look wrong. Right. That make me look like they say uh, doing something good that looks bad or doing something bad that looks good, right? So there are there are ways because the Bible does also say in Second Corinthians six fourteen eighteen, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a part a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And I think that's important, right? Because it's a partner, right? It's like a team. So I think it's important that although we treat them with kindness, there's always a boundary. There's always a line that you're here and I'm here. And if you want to join, you can. But until you do, we don't mix. Right. Yeah, and that, that look how beautiful it is. God is not telling you don't sit with your family to eat. He's just saying don't mix yourself while you eat. You see what I'm saying? So, Danny, but what's the difference? I'm going to be there. Mixing is this. If Jenny's talking bad about her pastor, and I'm, oh, yeah, you my pastor too. You're mixing. But if you just listen to it, okay, well, may God help you. Even though you have your own opinions, don't mix it. No, don't. Don't try to be, you know, um, sucked into all that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I find super interesting? That usually when you tell someone they're doing wrong, they try to change it up so that it feels like, no, no, they didn't mean it that way and you misunderstood them. Right. Um, it's funny. It's cute. Um, but, but this is the way that you expose them. This is the way that you say, hey, this is my belief and you're doing it wrong. And they usually, because God's way is the only right way and there's, Literally no other way. And everybody knows, like, moral, like, there's codes of moral. But these codes of moral come from the Bible. Like, literally everything that we know and breathe is the so Bible. All the laws are from the Bible. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, when you expose this to them, their heart, something about them knows. And then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, but that's not what I meant. Like, I meant it like this, like that, you know? Well, yeah, they, they try to justify mm -hmm. their sin, you know? Right. I feel like one of the reasons why maybe some of our family members don't want to, you know, let's say change or whatever, because they kind of know the old us, you know? Right. They know how we were before, and then they see, like, a drastic change, like, oh, you went from not cussing to... Yeah. From cussing to not cussing, or from listening to bad music to not listening to bad music. You know, kind of like the Apostle Paul, you know? Yeah. He was a Christian killer, and then all of a sudden, he was for the Christians. A lot of people are like, whoa, this guy's 
kind of crazy. And a lot of people were like kind of like skeptical about his yeah. change, you know, and they're like, no, I'm doing change. I'm like, yeah, but did you really? And that's, and that's so crazy. That's why, that's why it's like the set the next question is the same thing. I was like, like, how do we explain, uh, why are we going against the holiday traditions? And that's so crazy, right? Cause yeah. apostle Paul did the same thing, the same tradition he followed for years. Now he was going against it. So now let's just put it to not killing Christians, but maybe let's just put it to something more simple. Like for example, not celebrating Christmas. How do you how, how do you how do you tell people? Listen, don't celebrate Christmas. Look, I don't get in that fight. I don't even talk to people about Christmas. <laughs> what I just do is, if they ask me why don't you celebrate them, I just make sure that my knowledge is on my sleeve. But you can say, listen, the reason why we don't celebrate uh, Christmas is because you know my youth leader told me to. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like nobody, nobody wants to listen to that. But if you say, "Listen, the reason why I don't celebrate Christmas is because the actual Christmas word comes from Christ," but there's nothing about Christ, and He actually wasn't even born on on, on December, but He was actually born somewhere around September. But really, the you know the Christmas uh, Christmas spirit comes from Saturnalia, which was people are like, "Okay, hold on, Jenny's got her stuff straight. Jenny knows what she's doing." And she knows how to speak it. So then you almost started convincing people, like, oh, that makes sense, dude. Why do we give ourselves any gifts? For example, the funniest thing about Christmas is we give each other gifts instead of giving God a gift. It's his birthday, not ours. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 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 like, if when you start kind of like dissecting it and you start explaining it, but look, look, but Danny, how do I explain it? Just like James told us to be. It says in James 5 8, it says, you must be patient too. Never stop hoping the Lord is coming soon with patience. Maybe the first year, nobody's going to listen to you. Maybe the second year, nobody's going to listen to you. But you keep going and being patient and not talking to people like they're dumb. Because I used to hear a lot of people that, that um, I had to make that mistake. I used to talk to people like they were dumb. But now I understand that not everybody understands the same things that I understand. So now when I speak to somebody, I try to, you know, there's, there's a few categories, you know. Am I talking to a, a 25-year-old? I, I can relate to you. Am I talking to an 18-year-old? I can also relate to you. Am I talking to a 12-year-old? You see? Different different patients and just different types of uh, of ways to explain. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that. Um, I like how you're saying, like, um, that it's super important to watch out what you're saying to these family members. Because also, like, it's happened in my family where something happens in church and then they, like, they, like, say it um, to another family who isn't in church. And it's kind of, and I, like, think to myself, like, like, bro, you shouldn't be saying those things to that person because you're just making the church look bad. And, and that person isn't paying attention to God at the moment. They, they think, like, the church is what, well, church does represent God, but... But they get a bad idea of God because of what that person is saying. And it's just like super important that you watch what you say and not um, drive them further away from, from coming. You know, you know, um, <laughs> this is so crazy, but just check this out. When we started the youth and we started like going out, I, I'll never forget that. A lot of people, their parents didn't let them come. And I'm like, why is not anybody coming? Like, I don't understand, right? But it's so crazy because the same kids that wanted to go the next week were the kids that when they were coming back and they did something to get in trouble, they go, Danny is so mean. Oh, my God, Deborah doesn't let me do anything. So in their parents' minds, they're like, oh, so why am I letting my kid go? 
But the next week, they're going, oh, my dad doesn't want to let me go, Danny. And they're crying, and I'm like, no, please let him go. They're like, no, Danny's better if they don't go. And then they, fi I figured out that they were saying bad stuff about the leaders to their own parents. And that same exact thing is happening here. You come back, and you see all the injustice, all the horrible things that happen in church. And like I said, church is an imperfect place. That's why we have heaven. That's why we have uh, uh, the rapture, because that's what we're hoping to be perfect. That's what we know is perfect. So we come in, well, oh, my youth leader did this, 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 and that. Oh, my God, my friend, she's making out with people in the parking lot. And then when you're, you know what, God forbid, I don't, I don't know what is going on. And your, and your, and your non-Christian dad is hearing this, he's like, Genesis, I am not going to let you go to church anymore. Where are you going? You know what I mean? I don't even know if your dad is Christian or not, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I wouldn't let my daughter go to that. So be careful that you don't shoot your own belief in the foot because sometimes we do that. Just like you said, we talk bad about things and then we expect everybody to let us go. Danny, also, you know, by, by putting on our own standards to people who don't believe, for example, like dress code, I know that's a big one. Like, um, I brought my friend over and she was like, what should I wear? And I was like, dude, whatever you want. Because my standards, the ones that God has put in my heart, are not the same ones that God has put in her heart. So she wore literally whatever she wanted. And was it just like a tad bit inappropriate? Yes. But who cares? Because the point, what I want her to be exposed to is a God who loves her like that and then changes. So, yeah, I think that's important. Another thing that we should not do to our family, our family members or friends, whatever, is put our own standards on them. Yes. I agree, and actually, you didn't. You, I think last time, Dora, you 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 were you were speaking to us, and you were giving us that uh, intermediate doctrine, and you said that when we speak to our brothers and we speak to our family, because family and brothers from 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 church is almost the same thing. We live here forever, so when we speak to these people, we have to. You said something. I don't know if you can find the verse. It says that put on love. Oh yeah. And 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 that's so that's so beautiful, right? Because when you put on love, it's almost like an armor. And if you put on love and you have an armor, so that means this. If I tell you, hey, make sure you wear your helmet, right? And you wear your helmet and a little rock falls on your head, is it going to hurt? No. Why? Because you expected it. Yeah. So that's why the love is something you put on. Because even when somebody comes and they'll just say, my dad is not Christian, and he goes, ah, oh, Christianity sucks, you already have love on. Therefore, it protects your heart. But sometimes we wear our heart on our sleeve and not have any love. And, 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 and we have to understand that. In order to explain, in order to explain why we go against things, we have to have patience, love, and we have to have um, everything that Jesus had when he was walking. Go ahead, Josiah. I know you want, you're waiting for um, that. Yeah, I just also thought that it's really important for us to keep in mind that even if we have God in our heart, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. Because a lot of the times we think that since we have God in our heart and we don't do this, we don't drink, we don't go party we don't do all these bad things that doesn't mean that we're better than our our family who is not christian um and the way i thought about it was that um for example balaam he's a prophet in the bible right and god gave him permission to go curse the people of israel right so he's like oh you know what god is on my side i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna go do this great but on the way to go curse the people of israel God sent an angel to kill him because God didn't really actually want him to curse the people of Israel. Right. So it's important for us to keep in mind that even if we have, we feel like we have God on our side and everything like that, that doesn't mean that we're more right than um, like than the people who are not Christians. Sometimes God wants to change us, and then He will change the people around us. 
first God changes us to be um, be able to handle the situations that our family puts us through, and then when we change, then God can shine through us to our family. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's how beautiful. I like what you said last. Through us shine towards our family and that's what that's what god that's what god called us to do god called us to be the salt god called us to be the light you know what i mean you know what came to mind uh kind of uh when you were teaching the kids last night you know about your attitude you know like if you're like let's say your non-christian family member you know says something mean about church you know it how you react to it has a makes a difference you know yeah. like an impact you know the bible says in proverbs 15 1 it says a gentle answer makes anger disappear but a rough answer makes it grow right. you know and it's like there's there's times where like people are like oh you know i don't go to church because of this or because of that you know or i move churches because of this or because of that and it's like like you said you know literally church you're there's no perfect church if I literally, if I decide to leave this church and go to a different church, there's problems everywhere. Right. <laughs> literally, there's problems everywhere. That's why. That's why it's so important. Now, when people want to come to my our, our church, I want to say my our church. I always ask them, "Where is your home?" And you might say, "Daniel, why, why does that matter?" Because no matter what you say, when it's your home, your dad can hit you, your dad can spank you, maybe your dad can be a horrible person but if it's your home when are you, when are you gonna go where are you gonna go back every single night your home your home like the prodigal son you know exactly that's, so that's why it's so beautiful yep. that when we call our church home it's not just because it's home it's home because no matter what bad thing happens inside there we're always coming back to it that's what people have to change from church to home is this your home no i don't feel like this is my home okay go out and find your home that's so we need to understand that. So that's why maybe when you explain this to your family, you say, even though that there's so many bad things in my in my home, I still choose you guys over everything. You see what I'm saying? And you have to make the realization that just like your physical home with your mom and dad is just like church. Is there gonna be problems? Yes. Is there yellings from across the room? Yes. Sometimes it's unfair? Yes. There everybody's unfair. But at the same time, you live there, and that's where your heart is. Did you find the verse that I told you? I did. It's Colossians 3, 13, and 14. Go ahead. Read it. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me just, because I said 13. Uh, just, just, I want before we finish, before we finish and we, and we, and we finish this, I just want to, I just want to read it. Go ahead. Sorry. It says, um, put up with each other and forgive each other if anyone has a complaint. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Above all, be loving. This ties everything together, and I read the wrong version. Oh my god, I'm terrible today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Maybe tomorrow. Here you go, <laughs> three fourteen, and above all, and above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And you, and you, you see what I'm saying? Like it's so beautiful because unity is such a crazy thing, and it's such an important thing that by you showing other people love, you're binding them to God's love, even if they don't believe in Christ. And I, I, I've always, I've always, it's, I always found it crazy how, how, um, remember, remember that, that teaching that, that the apostle gave that says, oh, you know, you know, apostle, I, my husband is not Christian. Like, how do, how do we, you know, how, how do I maintain my life? And it's so funny that the apostle said, well, when you're with them, you make him holy as well. 
It's so crazy how powerful that is. So my same thing is you. The same thing happens to to the kids that are that are that are, that are holy. When you are holy and your household isn't, you being in there makes the house holy until your until your parents can actually take that responsibility from you and have say, okay, now I'm gonna follow follow Christ as well. Okay, next question that they, they asked us. They said, uh, how can we approach our family without offending them? Um, and like for example, like when pe- when they don't allow us to come to church, look, I feel like this question I, we already answered it. But I think that the point the point of this podcast and the point is this is to try to help you uh, navigate the problems that come through Christ that come uh, the the problems that come with following Christ. And if look, your parents are not letting you come uh, to to church, I feel I feel in my heart that the best way to show them and the best way to to teach them how to how to come to church is by your actions. If you remain the same, they will keep you at home. If you change, they're going to put you and they're going to expose you towards church. That's just simple. If you would go to school and you became a worse student, they would say, my 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 kid does, can't go to school anymore. But if you become a better person, then guess what they're going to do? More and more and more. You guys want to say, Jen, uh, Jenny? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was, there's this verse, uh, Matthew 10, 32, and from more on. It says, stand up for me against world opinion, and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. If you turn tail and run, do you think I'll cover for you? Don't think I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut, make a sharp knife cut between between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law, cut through these dome- cozy domestic arrangements and free you from for God. Well-meaning Family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. Um, I thought this verse was like really interesting because sometimes we want that bond with our family so bad, and sometimes we just have to like kind of understand that that our family is gonna like divide sometimes just naturally, and it's just like trials that God puts in our lives. But if we keep on going and keep persevering in God, we'll soon start to understand that our like reward in the future will be so much great than our hurting when it comes to these, as it said, knife cuts that we go through in our family. You know, another example is this, Abraham, Abraham and Lot. They were both family, but they knew they couldn't be in the same place together. Like, like I like what you said. Like division comes naturally. Yes, you're right. Another one is Jacob and Esau, right? They they said sorry. They said, hey, let's let's be together. And then they're like, wait, I want to go this way. No, I want to go this way. And they're like, all right, you know what? Let's just be away. But it's not a, oh, I'm a, when I find you, I'm gonna kill you type of thing. But it's more of like a, hey, let's agree to disagree. You move that way. You move this way. And when we when we meet again, we're gonna high five, eat it up. We're gonna, you know, celebrate Thanksgiving, and we're gonna have fun, and we're gonna everything. But after that, we're all gonna go home. And I was gonna say, Danny, that sometimes losing, um, or yeah, losing. Well, what we feel is losing. Later, we understand as a giant gain because the relationship we have with any of our family members can never be greater than the relationship we have with Christ. Like nobody's love on this earth can satisfy in the way that Jesus' love satisfies. And sometimes it's super beautiful because God, like, for example, if we don't have a good relationship with our father, 
and we wish for that so much or like a good relationship with a brother he replaces that like he starts to be your brother or your father or your uncle like he replaces that and you know who's the king of that one right king david david his dad didn't like him sent him on the side go you go figure out the the sheep and you know who was more, the most prosperous david you know, you know. I also, I was telling, I was telling somebody last night, and and then I was saying, do you think that when David fought the bear and the lion, do you think he was like untouched by the bear and lion? No, dude. I'm sure he had a few bites in him. I'm sure he had a few scratches, and his mom and his dad never found out. Think about it. He's a young kid fighting lions and bears. Did he win? Did he win? Yes. But did he say? Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm as clean as I woke up this morning. No, but nobody cared about him. So who did he look up for? Jesus. And Jesus showed him how to be uh, a warrior. Or how did you guys? He has never wondered like how did he become such a good warrior? Who taught him? His dad didn't teach him. Right, uh, right, right. He had to figure out. Hey, I'm gonna trust my, the best father there is, God. Danny, that's kind of what Jenny was saying, right? That he replaces whatever. He was missing his protector, his father. And what did God come and do? Protect him. And not only that, made him strong enough to fight his battles. Yeah, and, and if you notice, just everything that he did, he understood who he did it for. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, the, when, uh, when you know, even when he messed up, even when he, sent, like when he slept with uh, Bathsheba, what did he? How did? How did he know? It's because this is so crazy. Now, now we can go this forever. We can go for another, you know, thirty-five minutes with this. But how did he know how to get to God's heart? Because he knew him as a father. He knew him as a father. How do you know, Jenny? How to ask things from your dad? You have to live with him. You have to figure out when you know his right eye it's twitching to the right. He's angry. How do you know when your dad's angry? Maybe he's too quiet. I know when my dad is angry. And and his tell is when his when his eyes are really 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 red, and he's not laughing for anything. Be careful. But when I, but when he's joking, when he's sending me funny texts and a funny gif, it's all good and good. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We know the way to reach our father's heart, and that's why he was so beautiful. And that's why I want to tell you guys today, and and I want to finish it this way: that if you're having a trouble with your family, don't forget to to love. Don't forget to love. Don't forget to be patient. And don't forget to overall, 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 everything. Remember that everything you have is because of God. So so without God, we don't have a family. Without God, we don't have a life. And without God, we don't have anything. But we're just dirt and we're trash in this world. So, guys, thank you guys for tuning in on The Encounter. Uh, don't forget to follow us on, on Instagram at um, RedeemLA. And, yeah, I'll see you guys next time or next week. See you guys later. Take care. God bless.